Greetings and welcome to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Good Time Podcast, the only podcast that identifies, biographies, and sig Freudifies all the figures on the cover of the Beatles' 1967 album, Sergeant Penises, I mean, sorry, Salt and Pepper's Lonely Condiment (laughs) Tray Club Band. Today we're talking about Alberto Vargas and his Varga girl. And Leo Gorsi, get your get your albums out so you can follow along. Jimmy, those JPEGs, grab those GIFs. Tap on that tapestry. Pop those PDFs. Did you already say that one? Uh, no, nice. I don't think so. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, so if you're looking at it, you're not going to see either of these people that we're talking about. You'll see the girl. And then next to her is a whole bunch of nothing. It's an airbrushed space. Leo you can kind of tell Gorsi. if you look at it closely, too. It looks a little bit bluer than the rest of the background. It does. It's a little bit of a silhouette. Might just be real yeah. wear on my album. You know, but yeah, that was that was supposed to be Leo Gorsi, who is the Corey Feldman of his generation. <laughs> no joke. He was like a little Joe Pesci. That's what he was. He was. He looked like Corey Feldman. He had the attitude... Of an adult that still thinks they're a child, but he was very much a Joe, like a tiny little Joe Pesci. Street smart. Yeah. Little tough guy. Yep. Nice. In fact, that was probably the name of one of their movies, <laughs> Little Tough Guy. Little Tough Guy. Alberto Vargas. Was a Peruvian artist who lived uh, from 1896 to 1982. He was known for his pinup illustrations and paintings, which were popular in the United States during the 1940s and 50s. He is considered to be one of the most famous and successful pinup artists of all time. He began his career as an artist in New York City in the 20s, working as an illustrator for magazines such as Esquire and Harper's Bazaar. He gained fame in the 40s with his series of pinup illustrations. Which we know, um, which were known for their sensual and alluring portrayals of women. These illustrations became as the Varga girls and were widely popular during World War II. I think they painted them on the sides of planes, even. Uh, in the 50s, uh, Vargas continued to work as an artist, creating pinup illustrations for a variety of magazines and advertisements. He began painting portraits of famous actresses such as Marilyn Monroe, which will get to in season two and his art continues to be popular today being seen as vintage and iconic uh, his work for known was attention to detail and the way he captured the sensual and alluring aspects of the female form his style has been considered as a representation of the idealized feminine beauty of his era and his work continues to be celebrated and collected today he also did uh, similar kind of artwork for the cars candy o album Leo Gorsi was an American actor who lived from 1917 to 1969 he was best known for his role as the leader of the Bowery Boys a group of street smart and rough and tumble characters in a series of films in the 1940s and 1950s He appeared in over 50 films between the years of 1936 and 1959. Uh, I don't see it being referenced here, so I can tell you firsthand that he was also part of a series called The East Side Kids, 
which was essentially the same thing. They would just, you know, it, it, it was like super groups of child actors. They just throw these kids together in different in different combinations, and then it would be the dead end kids, the East Side kids, the Bowery boys, like the Outsiders. I guess it would be like if the Outsiders uh, was funnier, had less dying, uh, more run-ins with the cops, uh-huh. but less dying. Um, little rascals, but like uh, but like older little yeah. rascals, yeah. yeah, with angst instead of like mischief. His first major role was in the film Dead End from 1937, which also had Humphrey Bogart, and then he gained fame in the 40s as a member of the Bowery Boys. Yeah, they would get into a lot of comical and slapstick situations. Gorsi's character Slip Mahoney, that was in the Bowery Boys. He was also, uh, his name was also, um, uh, it was like Slip Mahoney, and then there was Muggs, Muggs Malone. Muggs Malone. Yeah, he was Muggs, Muggs Malone was his, was, but you know, when they switch studios, they can't use the character names, but they're still always playing the same characters. You know, so you just get it would be like if Jim Carrey made an Ace Ventura three, but his name was like uh, Spade Sunset. <laughs> just another street name and another playing card. Yeah, Spade Spade Sunset, you know, it, it's the same same deal. That was the Bowery Boys. Lords of Flatbush. Yeah, but it would just be like the gods of Round Roundtree, you know. <laughs> Richard Roundtree was cool, too. I love Shaft. But, uh, yeah, by the 1950s, Gorsi's career was declining. Because, again, he was a child actor. He was trying to look like a child for, like, 20 to 30 years. And by the 50s, you know, he wasn't pulling it off as well. So he was struggling to find work. And he kept doing film and television, but his roles were smaller and less significant. And his last film role was 1959. That's why I think... uh, there's a very good chance at this point, because I know uh, Gorsi was a big drinker, and I think by this point he probably just needed the money, you know? Kind of sad. <laughs> but if you watch anything that he's done, he definitely deserved it! Uh, I would say Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman's the new Leo Gorsi. You make a strong case. Gorsi, and then for for the Vargas girl, the Varga girl, sorry. Uh, Vargas is Varga girl. Patrick Nagel. Patrick Nagel. <laughs> All those girls were so sexy. High and, fives, and high re- fives, And high really fives, good at fives. playing their instruments. Yeah. Well, they didn't. Yeah, they... <laughs> It made it look so easy. Yeah, and they looked so enthralled by the music the oh, whole time. You can hardly contain their excitement. If you're wondering, like, if you can't picture it, just picture the um the Robert Palmer girls from the Addicted to Love and uh, what was the other video? Uh, uh, simply Irresistible. Simply Irresistible. Yeah, just, yeah. Definitely a type. Uh yeah, that that'd be a perfect uh swap there. It's really coming together. That top row. Excuse me. 
Which one now? Oh, she's going to go with the artist. We're talking about Mae West. Of course. Yeah. Mae West is going to want She's going to go with the artist. Taken, you know. Mae West doesn't want to go out with with uh some some Webster uh looking No. Leo Gorsi was a smart ass, which is something that Mae West likes, but not from four foot nine dudes that still sound like they're 13. Yeah. And, <laughs> and are 50 years old. Because in this, in this story, Mae West is still in her 30s. She's still in her 30s. During the making of the Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band album. She's the exact same age as she looks in her uh, in her cardboard cutout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Hun- but Hunts Hall, if you look at Hunts Hall, grab your, uh, grab your covers. Look at Hunts Hall. He looks like he's 70 years old, but he's still wearing the same outfit that he had on in like the first picture that they made together. <laughs> So we threw into uh, into the internet here a little dialogue between Alberto Vargas and Mae West. Let's see how well they hit it off. Okay. Note, this dialogue is fictional and not based on any actual conversations <laughs> between Mae West and Alberto Vargas. Thanks, ChatGPT. Thanks for clearing that up. Well, hello there, handsome. You must be the famous Alberto Vargas. Stands up and bows. Yes, that's me. And who might you be, my dear? I'm Mae West, honey. I'm sure you've heard of me. Of course, Miss West. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. So I hear you're the man responsible for those gorgeous pin-up girls. Yes, that's my work. I've been creating pin-up art for many years now. They're beautiful. You certainly have an eye for the ladies. Thank you, Miss West. I do my best to capture their beauty. <laughs> well, I must say you've captured my beauty quite well. Oh, I'm honored to hear that. I'd love to do a portrait of you someday. Really? I might just have to take you up on that offer. I'd be delighted, Miss West. May West and Alberto Vargas continue their conversation, discussing their love for art and beauty. As the conversation winds down, Mae West gives Alberto Vargas a sly wink and a kiss on the cheek before bidding him farewell. But she was actually only bidding him farewell from that room and going into another adjacent room where he would follow her and then paint her naked, I'm assuming. He definitely painted her. He painted her. Yeah. He painted her naked. For free. Yeah. While they were doing, like, it was still, because again, this is like, is this the beforehand or is this after, is this the after party? Is this the pre-photo shoot celebration or is this the post-photo shoot shenanigans? That's the cast party. Cast party, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The work is over. So they're still just getting ready to take the picture. Everyone's kind of mingling, getting comfortable. They're figuring out placement where everyone's going to stand so that the shorter people can still be seen. And meanwhile, Mae West is nowhere to be seen any of this time because she keeps sneaking out to hook up with dudes. 
That's why it took so long to get this to get the photo right. <laughs> yeah. That that is why it took so long. Uh, Vargas doesn't actually need to be in the shoot too, so maybe this is right when, um, like, right before they're going to take the picture. Oh, right. So a kiss on the cheek, like I gotta go to work now. I gotta go stand still and get my picture taken, and then I'll stand still for you, and you can draw my picture. Yeah. It's a it's a great day for May. <laughs> May's just having the time of her life. It's a great May day. <laughs> Every side is my good side. Well, that's them. We figured out who. I would like to hear a conversation between Corey Feldman and Leo Gorsi, because Corey Feldman's not on this album cover either. So they'd both have a lot to talk about, wouldn't they? I'm sure they'll find something to talk about. I think Corey Feldman and Leo Gorsi would bond over their mutual childlike features and inability to make it in society. <laughs> Post-puberty. Corey Feldman wasn't here, though. No, but neither was Gorsi. <laughs> They're hanging out at the bar across the street. They are. <laughs> throwing throwing back some oat sodas. Yeah. But to be clear, Corey Feldman traveled through time to to get to uh, th- when this was made, when this album was released. Yeah, in 1967. Because he knew that even if he would have been there at that time, they still wouldn't have put him on the cover because no one respects him enough for that, right? Michael Jackson... He would have put him on his cover. If Michael Jackson did a Lonely Hearts Club album cover, he'd have all the child stars that he used to hang out with. All of them. You know, you and the Shirley Temple would be on that one too. But he'd only have her on it like once. He'd have like ten Macaulay Culkins. <laughs> like, and Alfonso Rivera and a Corey Feldman here and there. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so he's at the bar across the street because he traveled into the future using uh, futuristic technology that he found at the Neverland Ranch. Because don't forget, oh. Michael Jackson can transform into a car. Cause he's got all kinds of technology. Traveled back to the year 1967, realized that he was right and that they were never going to put him on the cover. They didn't even know who he was. So he goes to the bar across the street, sees Leo Gorsi. He's like, I know that guy. That's Leo Gorsi. And, uh... <laughs> and they get to talking. So, Leo, tell me about your time in Hollywood back in the day. Yeah, it was a wild time, kid. Me and the Dead End Kids made quite a name for ourselves. Yeah, you guys were like the original bad boys of Hollywood. Oh, you got that right. We had a lot of fun, but it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. We had our share of troubles, too. I can imagine. You tell me, what kind of troubles? Well, for starters, we didn't always get paid what we were owed. Sometimes we had to report to some... Creative solutions to get by. Creative solutions? Yeah, you know. Like taking things that didn't belong to us. Nah, I see. Speaking of which, I gotta run. 
I got some business to attend to. Oh, okay. Is everything all right? Yeah, I just need to pick up some cash from a guy. Cash? How much? Just a couple hundred bucks. Leo, you know I'm not one to judge. But I hope you're not getting mixed up in anything illegal. What are you talking about, kid? I'm picking up what's owed to me. All right, man. Just, just be careful, okay? Yeah, yeah. I know how to take care of myself. Leo gets up from the table and heads for the door. Hey, Leo. Don't forget about your coffee. Keep it, kid. Consider it payment for the chat. Corey watches as Leo walks out of the diner, feeling uneasy about the situation. He notices a wad of cash left on the table and counts it. $400. Well, I guess that's one way to get paid in Hollywood. Wait, it was $400? For a cup of coffee? So Leo Gorsi gave Corey Feldman $400 and then asked the Beatles to give him $400 to be on the album cover? Was that the amount of money that he actually asked for in real life, $400? the bill was, yeah. But then he gave Corey Feldman $400 for talking to him? I'm sure he just, I'm sure he just like forgot it on the table. Yeah. And then Corey Feldman, I bet he spent that money making a music video. Well, no, let's go back. So Corey Feldman takes his time machine. Okay. And while this picture is being taken... Just across the street, there's a diner. Uh, he notices Leo Gorsi with, consider- with, I guess, a wad of cash in front of him because he doesn't take it out or anything. Yeah. It's just there. They get to talking. Leo has to go do a thing. Leaves the 400. The thing he had to do was he probably had to give that cash. Although he said he had to pick something up. He had to get what was owed Where did you him. think he was going to give the cash to? Thought he was going to give the cash to the Beatles? Maybe that maybe maybe there was a mix up and the Beatles were going to pay him $400. No, he was going to pay the Beatles $400 to yeah. be on the cover. Yeah. It's like I want to be on it so Yeah, bad. that's what he thought he was going to give the Beatles $400, but the Beatles thought he wanted them ah, oh, it's just classic mix up. Classic skips. Classic Muggs Maloney. Yeah, so then Corey Feldman, knowing that Leo Gorsi didn't have the $400 to get on that album cover, travels back to the year 2023 and just allows Leo Gorsi to not be on that cover because he's that selfish. That makes sense. I get it, because why am I not looking at Leo Gorsi right now? That's the only way that the story works out. should just have $400 there. <laughs> just a picture of four bills. <laughs> All right. That's better than Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman holding, for, holding the 400 <laughs> Okay, that's it. It's that's Corey it. Feldman holding $400. <laughs> holding it up to his face. Yeah. And one of the Patrick Nickel girls. And Corey Feldman's got his arm around her. <laughs> so it's Corey Feldman with his arm around the girl from uh, Rio. 
and <laughs> it's just the girl. We'll just use that one. It's the girl from Rio, mm-hmm. and uh, is she, what is she smiling? They're always smiling. Mm, yeah, they're all kind of stern. Let's be sure. Or no, am I thinking of the cars? That's the one where the girl's smiling. But yeah, so he's got his arm around her and he's holding $400. And he's flicking off Leo Gorsi. Yeah, Corey Feldman wearing black sunglasses and a fedora. Also black fedora. With his arm around the girl from Rio. Holding $400. But the arm that he has around the girl from Rio, he also has his hand out giving the middle finger... Um, and that's, and then we put a thought, a thought bubble above his head that has a picture of Leo Gorsi on it. (laughs) (laughs) And that thought bubble, it'll fit. It'll go right above Mm -hmm. Hans Hall. (laughs) Picture of Leo Gorsi with X's on his eyes. In a thought bubble, going to Corey Feldman, who's got his arm around the girl from Rio while he's giving the middle finger. And holding four hundred dollars, I've got a compromise for that speech bubble, that thought bubble. Okay. Uh, instead of like you got badges when you got this album. In our reprinting, there'll be thought bubbles <laughs> that you can just put on wherever you want. You can have anyone <laughs> think about whatever. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Because the thought bubbles are like the those like vinyl. They're like a thin vinyl. <laughs> Yeah, the ones yes. that you can put down and pull up again. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was riveting. So next week we have Hunts Hall and one of the guys from Mount Rushmore. Which which dude is that? I can't remember which one faces sideways. It's actually um, Bob Dylan's um, Siamese, not Siamese <laughs> yeah, twin. Yeah, his parasitic twin <laughs> that's growing out of his face. Yeah, people don't know that about Bob Dylan, but he, <laughs> he had a growth. Could, is it possible that the entire Sgt. Pepper album cover is actually just representing uh, the Beast of the Apocalypse and all of its many heads? Could be. Haven't ruled that out yet. Isn't the beast from the apocalypse supposed to have like a whole bunch of heads and some of them are chopped off? Look it up. That's true. It's in the book of Revelation. It's got a bunch of heads. And it's got some severed heads too that are just necks. That would explain why Gandhi's not on the cover and why Leo Gorsi's not on the cover. Well, no, we know why Leo Gorsi's not there. Yeah, Charlie Sheen stole his money. (laughs) Corey Feldman. What a wild story that was. And now now you know it too, dear listener. Next week, uh, Hunts Hall and who is that guy actually? His name is Simon Rodia. And we're not going to tell you a thing about him until next week. See you then.